Want to know what's better than new swag? A BOGO deal. This weekend, we introduce our underground series inspired by the unbreakable mindset of no days off. Shop our website to browse our collection of new hoodies, sweats, shirts, tanks, and more. We're also releasing our brand new Redcon 1 Collector's Edition Skateboard. This collector's board is handcrafted and designed by retired Navy SEAL DJ Shipley, created with 15,000 bolts of electricity. As you load up your cart with new gear, we'll also help you keep up with your supplements. That's right, we're doing a BOGO deal all weekend long. All supplements are buy one, get one free, and you can mix and match, and the equal or lesser value item will be absolutely free. Use the code MIXMATCH at checkout, one word. For example, you can load up on your protein with our meal replacement powder, MRE, and then add our award-winning pre-workout formula, Total War, for free. All your workout needs are just a click away, so go to redcon1.com and shop now. Episode number 22. We're here, and Eric got some glasses, so you may notice. We both have glasses. Eric said, you know, I love your glasses. I I like the look. Yeah, I want to be like you. And so I said, no, you should get some glasses. And here we are. Here we are. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we have some interesting news stories today, but I want to start off by talking before we even get into any of the news stories. You saw that uh, apparel release commercial. Yes, which uh, first time we saw it. Yes, first time we saw it. We're uh, mesmerized by it and uh, really, uh, really cool stuff coming. And so I figured we'd pull out some of the actual apparel, show it to people quickly, um, and they can see some of the items that we like the best. So you want to whip it up? Yeah, I'm going to whip it up. Here, you take yours out and put it on the table. All right. Well, that's how I normally do it. <laughs> so like being direct. All right, we're opening them up. They've got look. They got your size here. Small. Is this small. Is that a woman small? This looks like a man small. I think it shows off could, my wrist be, better. It could, be, it could be. It could be used. It could be worn by uh, by a man if you were a small I man or a larger woman. I think we got some gym member to do yeah. that. Yes, of course. And then this. What's up? You're turning no, backwards. Huh? No days off. No days off. That's cool. Uh-huh. What size is that one? Uh, small as well. Small. This is all my. This is all my clothes. I see you're gonna take these home it's for my you. My monthly allotment. Here's this one for you. Oh, oh it's like Christmas. All right. Okay, this one's uh, black shorts, a large, oh, get a large on this one. It's like Christmas. Uh, literally, gym shorts. Red kind of very basic, but they're, these things will move. People love when we have shorts. I was like, very basic. Well, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just one little red leg up. 
And this is the on the oh, site it's a tie it's dye. established 2016. But yeah, it's really interesting. Tie like dye. light tie dye slash weathered. It's actually really nice. It's soft. They yeah, like it. it's acid wash. Acid oh, wash. Oh, acid wash. Oh, well, I like it. <laughs> All right, this is uh, we had a few great hoodies. We picked them to show you guys. This is kind of so it's called the Underground, uh, right, Ryan? Underground series. Underground series, and um, I don't know what the swoop, the, the thing, the pole makes underground, but that's the underground. It's a warped hoodie. Because you usually get your drugs underground, and your vision goes warped. Ah, uh, get it now. Yeah. All right, and then this is obviously. Uh, Ryan's t-shirt. Yeah. Men's March. Yep. Um, <laughs> what one is this one called? Well, what I was going to do is uh, do you know screen one? and have you guys narrate some of the... Okay, well, let's finish these. Let's finish these and, and we'll do that quickly. I know everybody loves apparel. We've got 30-something items. Yeah, it's crazy. New hoodie. This is like my favorite of the hoodies with the stars and bars. It's a cool one. It's like a motocross track. Yep. That's it. And this is the smoke camo rain jacket. That's going to be popular. Yeah, because we had a, a like a woodland camo one before, but this one actually is it's smoke camo, so it's hard hold to the, hold up the camera so people can see. It's, there you go. I kind of can't see, but yeah, it's, it's just because it's so subtle, which is nice. So if you're wearing it, it's it's going to be popular yeah. for sure. That'll be a popular one. I'm going to pull up the gear. Okay, go ahead, Ryan. Give it, show it to us. Give it everything you got. Okay. okay. Here it comes. Oh, it's on the site right now. It is. So you can purchase it right now. Right this second. Uh, I should have given Stefan a smaller shirt for that. that uh, he, still he, yeah. he hasn't been doing the Murph in a while. He hasn't been training uh, as much. Yeah, new kid has got him out of shape. The beard's the beard's less longer, yes. let more unkempt, and uh, his uh, sleeve Zeke is yeah, shrilled. Hang like sleeve of wizard. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I love that. Hopefully someone gets that reference. <laughs> Oh, we got joggers. Oh, cool. That, that's my, I really like that white one a lot. Here's the, they can see much better on here. Oh, uh, yeah. There we go. Well lit. Yeah, well, he, looks, he looks pretty iffy. I got to be honest on that one. We should talk a little about this guy. Okay. So this is really cool. Um, so let's show the front first, Ryan. We'll go through it. Okay. So this is extremely limited numbered edition. There's only 50 of these that were made. And the story behind this is DJ Shipley, who's a former SEAL Team 6 Navy SEAL. Uh, when he got out of the service, uh, like a lot of guys, it, the transition was very difficult for him, and he didn't know kind of what to do with his life. And he had uh, the purpose that he had that he was, you know, fighting for as really the tip of the spear. Um, you know, combat guys and protecting our freedom was kind of like, well, what now? You know, I'm done. What now? And uh, one of the things that he was told to do was, interestingly enough, art therapy. Um, and uh, so he was like, well, what do I, what, what can I be interested in? And he started making skateboards, decks. For boards and uh, and what you see here is the the actual here he's making it you see making it. he uh, or one of the guys that's him making it uh dj still doesn't show his face so you don't get to see dj uh, too much you can see the physique he trains and everything he's really into training and the red cone supplements but he sent me one of these as a present um the, the one you're looking at that this is an identical copy of the one i have in, in my office hanging on the wall and so um i love it and people compliment all the time that's you know, uh, leather. The patch on the front is actual leather, and uh, it's you know, this is handmade. This is not machine made. And he actually uses electricity that he runs through the board to create that really unique, like I don't know what you call, grooving kind yeah, of. It looks like, like tree bark. Like yeah, I mean, you're seeing him make the leather right here. 
Um, and uh, and so I basically I told him, hey man, what's the process of making like a lot of these? And he's like, I would love to make them. He's like, but they're gonna be like, first off, it's not easy. It's like dangerous for one because you literally run electricity through it. He's been electrocuted before. So like seriously electrocuted. Our very bad. Turn into shock. Yeah. Very very scary. Like like well, doesn't look good. So you see a signature, the description, and the number on the back of the board, and. Um, he said, look, it'll take me months and months to do it, but I'll make them. And we said, all right. So, uh, you know, we uh, we put them in advance because obviously it was expensive to make this and everything. And it took him a few months to make them, maybe three or four months to make them. And he shipped them and we were very excited to have them. There's only 50 of these in the whole world. And I don't know if they're going to go in a day or in a year, uh, but uh, they are extremely cool. So, And they're, they're definitely wall mounted. You're not riding these. You're not riding them. Yeah, no, it's a piece of art. Yeah, it's literally, it's handmade piece of art. So definitely don't put wheels on it. I mean, I guess you can do it like you want with it. But no, it's a collector's item, and it is very unique. Showing some of the chicks. Brenda and Lindsay over there. I like this girl's red one. That's probably my favorite of the new designs. All the new flag shield, yeah. Our Chevron made into a flag, really neat. Um, and we paid a lot of attention to the fit and the girls. Why? Why is shoe on the women's section? Uh, so shoe is uh, actually meathead. Oh, that's a weird transition. He squeezed into an angry-looking ginger. It's windy. Yeah, it's and, an angry and he doesn't even like. He like looks angry. He's not happy to be in these pictures. This is well, the process will be the best by far. Meathead shit. Okay. Oh, well, you got Joe Bat thrown in here. Eh. Well, that's that's going to be your collection. Nice. Nice. Well, I'm excited to see how well it does, and uh, excited to uh, for you guys out there and girls out there who are interested. Make sure you purchase the. Uh, we don't normally do the kind of like ad in the beginning of the show, but the actual apparel releases are only four times a year or so, and uh, once they're gone, they're gone for a while because we have to reprint them. So we print, you know, I don't know, ten thousand or so, of maybe a little more out of these in various sizes and all the things. And once they're gone, like if your extra large hoodie is gone and the one you like, it could be a month before you're yeah, back. So if you really want it, you really love them, uh, you should get it. Do the shorts have pockets? Let me see. I that I can answer. I've got the shorts right here. And yes, they have pockets. They have pockets. Oh, look at that. I would have been surprised if they didn't, but yeah, you never know. Well, you never know. We know, right? So uh, yeah, everybody's excited about the shorts. I got so, one more for you yes. while we're on it. Yep. Uh, it's so we, we we really haven't really went into it deeply yet but yes there's a brand new noise formula that's been significantly updated i saw some tier operators in the closed group uh the tier operator closed group if you're not already a tier operator go check out tieroperator.com um but those guys were saying like oh, i'm sad big noise is going i'm like no 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 you're gonna be happy with this one. Yeah, you're gonna be happy with this one. This was a significant upgrade. Uh, this is, uh, of course, the Eric Hart Silky Tuba formulation, and uh, we wouldn't have replaced it, right, if it was just gonna be the same shit. Yeah, but it, like from an actual formula standpoint, in the gym performance standpoint, it's so much better because you know not, taking the glycerol is great for volumization, but it's it doesn't mix very well. You know, so you get all the floaters in there, you mix it with something else, it doesn't necessarily, you know, it's not the best experience. Where, you know, now it's it's really all about, it's still pump and focus, but you know, where now you have the Citra Peak in there, which comes from Hesperidin. So that directly increases nitric oxide production. So now you have a different pump element in there. We put the Himalayan pink salt in for volumization instead of, you know, the glycerol, which 
sodium controls all fluid in and out of your cells, so it's important. So yeah, that's just a, a much, much better formula. There's only one, in, two ingredients that stay, uh, betaine and then uh, choline, but we ramped the choline up. because. Yep. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's honestly not just because we did it, it's a much, much better formula. Yes, 100%. So, uh, guys, let's start off with the news stories. Hopefully you're excited about the peril, as excited <laughs> as I am about the peril. Uh, but we had a news story that uh, I wanted to quickly discuss because it's so interesting to me. Why, because you're worried we're going to get shut down? Oh, yeah, well, we, we, we may not want to. Maybe we just get initials. H.B. Uh, Hunter. Hunter, the, the famous right now, infamous Hunter. So, uh, Hunter Biden, right? You know, this is a story that interests me in, in a bipartisan way. So, if you take away any of your preference for any candidate, right, and just think about this, the son of the presidential candidate is exposed in the sense that a laptop of his gets found that has uh, a lot of crazy ass pictures yeah. of, of him it's doing things that are, that are that have been verified and that people know this is the case, right? So it's something that's not like, is it questionable or not? But somehow it's it's not spread. So this show the pictures, Johnny. Let's see, show some of the pictures. Also, he just showed an email too, which was interesting. An email on the the laptop that uh, saying thank you for inviting me, a Russian person. Thank me for inviting me. Glad to meet your dad. And, you know, very weird email when he was still the president in 2015. I mean, the president, vice president, vice president, yeah. 2015. Just so some pictures that were released. Let's scroll on through them, Johnny. Some weird pictures. Johnny thinks the last picture of him with the, the, the actual crack pipe looks weird. And maybe I don't I can't say like these are all real or whatever. I, I didn't find the pictures. I don't know. All I saw is that, you know, that these had been verified that was found on his laptop, a laptop that it was uh, that was found of his. And uh, I'm sure the veracity of these things have been checked, even if it's these are just like it's on the Daily, uh, the Daily Mail, Daily Mail yeah. and in uh, other sites as well. So but it's not anywhere though. But it's not on part. the main. So that's the thing that's interesting is that these pictures are not found a lot of places, and that people that I know, um, or that we've even people we've interviewed on the show before. What's this? The email guy. The email guy. Oh, that's, oh, that's uh, who he was getting Russian sending the email to. Mm -hmm. Who is he? You just tell me, Johnny. What is it? Who is he? Burisma advisor. Oh, Burisma, Burisma advisor. So for a business that he worked with. Yeah. Um, so in other words, who was paid, Biden, Biden's son was paid, I think, 50 grand a month by that company um, to advise him, which is interesting because he has no experience. Yeah, or, he you know, there's no no knowledge of anything. So the advising might have been through that, that introduction, right? Uh, but I don't know. Hunter Biden, Burisma, corp, corruption. So anyway, regardless, it's just interesting that that story, imagine it was Don Jr. Oh, my God. And he had that kind of thing. It would be everywhere. Every news, every news outlet, outlet. Would be on it. Just and weird that a lot of the uh, the people that I know that that were that reposted it got their tweet blocked or got banned, got shut got down, shut yeah. down. Very very interesting, weird story. So we'll see if this story continues to spread or if it's just totally doesn't even come out and it doesn't become a big thing. But it is a very interesting time in American politics and the world in general. Certainly in America, where you know we started, we've seen this kind of like, I think they, they were saying. Um, Ryan, what did I tell you? I saw the term uh, uh, technology oligarchs. Yes. Where are they? They're saying that the technology is being controlled. You know, our technology, like Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, et cetera, is being controlled and being kind of, um, I don't know what you'd say, uh, manipulated. manipulated, definitely. Uh, I was going to say um, curated. 
in a, in a, in a fashion, a curated way. in a fashion that tells us one side of one story, which is weird, very weird and kind of scary. Oh, you know, you because know, it shows the power of this. this exactly. It shows the power of the media and who controls it and what narrative they can drive. Tech oligarchs are going to destroy democracy. I mean, I've never really, you know, I'm a bit, obviously we're big fans of Facebook and Instagram. You know, I own stock. Uh, we, we advertise a lot with them. I, uh, I like the, the story, the entrepreneurial story of, of a kid at college at Harvard that, that was, you know, created things and wanted to build something awesome that did and then created all the success. I love the story, but the, that power, the unchecked power to change perception and change the, the truth, you know, is scary. Oh, yeah. that, that, uh, that one corporation controls so much, you know, that we're on it right now. We're posted, you're probably yeah, watching on that. Watching right. on it. Um, and that, that's an interesting thing that it's, you know, you can't, you can't be two things. So if you're a news outlet, right, you need to be fact-checked and put out yeah. information that's reliable. But if you're a social media platform, you don't. But if you combine the two, what happens then, right? And that's where we really now we're, we're crossing running. that. Yeah, yeah you, you, now you're responsible. So yeah. in my opinion, you're responsible for putting out actual facts. You can't just decide one thing is right or you're willing to put out one story and then not another. Yeah. Well, so when we're talking about important stuff in the news oh, yeah. and the media, you the have to go to our favorite candidate, Yeezy, Kanye West. So let's pull up the Kanye. What do we got from the newest Kanye West results? The election uh, it would results. Be fake news, Kanye. Here it is. So Kanye is celebrating election results, showing him ahead of Trump and Biden in Kentucky. Unfortunately, the numbers were fake. Was it like nineteen percent or something? And some independent was like twenty-nine. And the rest are at the bottom. It's like, come on. Yeah, he uh, he wrote in one of his tweets, "Get the West Wing ready." He is ready. So uh, he he uh, he was very excited. And posted the fake uh, results, which is interesting because you'd think you'd think that he made a. Who knows? For all we know, Kanye knew that they're wrong and was just you know or trolling everybody or whoever's in his campaign did it to yeah to draw some attention to him. Yeah, because I mean, of the whole next story, maybe it was just yep. a di divergence from it. Very possible. So the next story is why Kanye West is listed as the vice president candidate in California, which is a whole other Kanye story. I know you can never get enough Kanye stories, so we gave you two. Yes, give you two Kanye stories because I mean, there's a lot happening. There's a lot of Kanye, Kanye going around. Yeah, his uh, his campaign uh, actually clarified the statement saying campaign to be the next president of the country, not vice president. Read the statement, which uh, actually referred to the inclusion of his name as part of uh, De La Fuente's bid for an unauthorized and deceitful uh, run at the uh, presidency. So, but that guy always runs for the independent party every year. Yes, or every election. Somehow, I guess he decided to. He thought that's going to help him out, right? Yeah. Well, maybe it was just like, well, okay, let me confuse people. Well, we thought, you know, he's in he's in California, which is, you know, a big state, the most populous state, right, and uh, in America. And he thought maybe, like, you know, he can convince there's a lot of people over there that maybe don't know who they want to vote for. He threw Kanye in there. Maybe they're going to get swayed by that. Like, oh, easy, easy for president? Nah, vice president? We're good. Yeah. Maybe not, so. He could Maybe so. He couldn't be the president, but he could be the hell of a vice president. president. I'd love to see him debate versus uh, uh, Pence and uh, Kamala. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be something? That would fucking fall apart in like 10 minutes and start talking about something. Oh, so I would love it. That would be so great. It'd make, uh, it'd make Pence, the, Pence would just be like this. Like, uh, mm -hmm. It'd make the Trump-Biden mm -hmm. discussion look normal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So... The Apple uh, iPhone 12 event. So every year, 
the Olympia comes around. And um, when the Olympia comes around, which is September, generally, not this yeah. year, but every other year, it's September. I look forward to the Olympia, of course, but I also look forward to the iPhone event that happens before the Olympia. And then usually right before the Olympia or at the Olympia, I tell Eduardo, buy the phone, you know, pre-order it. And he gets up at three in the morning to, to pre-order the phones. And uh, for real, I'm not kidding. Uh, I have him set the alarm and he gets up and he orders them. Um, and I, I, I'm always excited about it. Even last year or last time when the phone really was almost no different. Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, it was like, it was pretty lackluster. I was like, wow, it's going to be cool. Get it, right? Who knows? And it, it was pretty lackluster. But I, uh, I was excited for the event. I was excited for the news. And I was like, what's the next big thing? And uh, it turns out, yes, it's a 5G phone, yep. which is cool. But the bad part is there's no actual 5G service anywhere. Yeah, so, and then there's, what, no charger, no headphones. Yeah. But it sounds like augmented reality is the big thing that changed with it, right? Well, they have the new faster processors. Yeah, so for the faster processors is a big thing. It is the fastest, they say anyway, fastest processor in any mobile phone in the world. So that's cool. Until um, next week and Samsung comes yeah, out so, with a faster yeah, one. Exactly. Uh, they have better cameras. They're always improving the cameras. iPhone, that's their go-to now where they're like, well, we may not be a much better phone, but we have a way better camera now. But it is interesting, right? Because most people do use their phone for oh, yeah. the camera function. Mm -hmm. oh, you social media, and oh. you, know, that's, you store everything, and nobody goes and gets pictures anymore. So No, a, a camera, the camera is important, but it's not like game-changing. And, and that's the big thing that's sad. It's kind of like you just showed Tim Cook. So when Tim Cook take, took over from Steve uh, Jobs, um, he uh, it just hasn't, things haven't been the same. And I don't know if that's because... Ivy left, who was the big, you know, the, the guy who designed the products, physically designed them. I don't know if it's because Steve passed away or what happened, but the innovation, level of innovation in the company seems to have really decreased where they're not kind of new cool stuff. They're just kind of like incrementally increasing the stuff they currently have a little bit. So there's the phone, rounded edges. That's kind of cool, mm -hmm. I guess. The problem is everybody has a case on their phone. So like, no matter how cool the outside case is, remember, it's like Amaro. Mine's green. Yeah. Who the fuck you knows? Fuck case Look at mine. Who knows what color is mine? Yeah. My. Oh, there's mine. What color do you think mine is? It's like what color my underwear. Nobody yeah. sees it. So it doesn't matter. matter. They're red, right? They're always red. They're brown, probably. But. <laughs> um, but so it's like, you know, they're like, oh, we have a new blue color. Nobody sees the color. It doesn't matter. It's, it's you know, yeah, it's, tree falls in the woods. Nobody cares. But you know what? You just want. I There's the blue one. Oh my God. It's so blue. And I hate to say it, but Apple probably knows their demographic and knows yeah. people. It's just that people got to have the newest, latest thing. And you don't really probably have to change much. Just call it new and people are like, oh, God, I need oh, that I'm one. guilty. I'm totally guilty. I'm buying it. I mean, I'm guilty. guilty. Um, you know, it, it is what it, I'm, I'm the guy who does that. I go um, till they break and then I replace it. You'll want the new one. He says that. He'll want the new one. He says I that. had like a eight before that forever, like I think. Just because it was like, eh, it's a phone. Look, I, I agree. As long as it, you know, I remember, I always remember having said to Pani, uh, who told me, he's like, so you had a flip phone? He was the last person, young guy. We know Jared knows a yeah. flip phone for a while. Not anymore. But, and Evan, uh, I remember seeing Evan's flip phone and be like, bro, what are you doing with that? He goes, He's like, my phone's just as good as yours. I'm like, no, I'm like, my phone is way better than yours. I have the iPhone 5 or whatever. And he's like, he's like, no, my phone calls just as good as yours. He's using burner phones. Yeah, he's like, I call just as good as yours. And I'm like, yeah, but like, you don't do any anything else on there. He's like, I don't want to do anything else. I don't I don't want to text. I don't want to do any of that. I'm like, okay. It's a, it's a better <laughs> call Saul Crazy phone. guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do all my work for my phone. So, like, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's um, one of those things. It's like, it's your computer. Yeah, it is. It, for, for us, it is. I mean, you can do literally for, for us. 
you a little less than me, but you most 99.9% of the things you can do, you can do from your phone. Yeah, most of There's some stuff yeah. I can because it's just can't yeah. really do it on the phone. You probably could, but you would never want to. It'd be a pain in the dick. It'd be a pain, it'd be a pain in the dick, yes. Uh, for for oh, me. If you're going to design rooms in prison, <laughs> the new iPhone is. Yeah. If you're yet from now on, if you're like a, uh, what would it be if you're designing houses? You're an architect. If you're an architect, you don't need a computer anymore. All you need is a phone. iPhone 12. iPhone 12. And you can design office buildings, prisons, you know, prisons whatever you do. See, it's got the five. So the 5G is very interesting to me. 5G, if you have full wideband 5G, you can download a two-hour movie in seven seconds. Wow. But nobody has that. This is just, yeah, the network isn't there. No, not here. Nowhere in here. Now, apparently in New York City, wow, what's that? The iPhone. The new iPhone. Oh. Um, It's turning the world upside down. It's flying near the horizon. So, um, oh, it's made of kryptonite. (laughs) So, the, uh, it has a better screen, by the way, too. Isn't it like ceramic protected or something? Still gonna fucking break. Yeah, because they want you to spend a bunch of money on screen protectors, and of course that would ruin the whole industry if you couldn't break it. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, but anyway, what was I saying? Seven seconds. Seven, seven seconds. Ryan knows so, about seven seconds. So, <laughs> so um, in Manhattan, in a, like a like, speed. yeah, check this out. Two hour film, three point six seconds. Holy shit. That's crazy. I know, by the way, that's not true about the uh, six minutes. That's not true. No. 4G, you're not doing like two, two hours. Hour no. It takes forever. No way. No way. Um, but anyway, six minutes on, on a fast uh, Wi-Fi network. Like in here, when a fast night, six minutes for a two-hour movie, that's that's like super fast. Um, so they're wrong on that. Was but, that 100 megabytes per second? Yeah. That is 4G. Yeah. Excuse me, 4G is 100 meg. 5G is it's 10 gig. gig. So a one gig is a thousand twenty-four meg. So to give you context, we're at hundred meg for four G. We're going to ten gig. It's just like it's huge difference. Yeah, it's a massive jump. Yeah, it's faster than it'll be ten times faster than most people's home internet. Well, that's the, that's the crazy thing is that it'll be it'll be that fast. I like all the cool stuff. That drone's pretty cool. Yeah, they um, the one thing I noticed. And I don't know if it's even the, the iPhone. It's the new operating software. Is that it does have some kind of um, uh, like what do they call it? Stabilization, Stabilization control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like when I when I use the new operating system on my current phone, you can walk with it and it doesn't bounce. Oh, so Michael J. Fox can use a phone. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> is he still out there? Yeah, he's alive. Okay. okay. Good for him. All right. So that's that. The only bad news is somebody like me wants the big screen and the, the you know the best one. It's going to wait till you have to wait till November to pre-order. So that's kind of a bummer. Let's go to the next one. Zoom. Zoom is starting to let people host online events with paid admission. So that's it's interesting. I mean, yeah. So for for Eric and I, you know, we had a, we don't anymore. Well, I don't know. Do we or don't we? What? At the BBT Center, we had the suite for the hockey game. And it's like fucking collecting dust right now. Oh uh, man, yeah. I don't know what the story is with that. So you know, events, right? We we would go. So one of the cool things we did did for Redcon one. So we got a suite at the BB&T Center. It's all branded red kind of. I better not pull that shit down. Oh, oh no. Branding and stuff. I hope not. 
I hope not too. I'd be pissed. Um, we have all kinds of stuff in there. So all our furniture. Yeah, I, mean, I would imagine. We haven't been there in forever. I have snacks in there. Yeah, I have, I have a vodka bottle in there. Man. Um, so uh, These yeah. pretzels better not be stale, motherfuckers. Yeah, they kept, kept everything fresh. I had cookies. <laughs> I yeah, I bet you uh, did. <laughs> so um, you know, we had this the suite, and what you paid for is you get all the hockey games, and then every single concert, comedy show, event, period it's, that comes in through the BB&T Center, and it was awesome because we would oh, bring yeah. people. Um, all of the employees there, and it was like a cool, even when we didn't go, we'd give employees the tickets, you could text them the ticket, and then they can go with their family, or, you know, it depends on what event it is, because if it's like, you know, I don't know, Sesame Street, number 10, because they have like, you, you would get every ticket to every one of them, so they do like 10 shows, you'd give it to a, a employee with a big family that has a kid, and they bring them all. And it was really, it was really, really cool, uh, and very exciting, and then obviously COVID happened, now like, nothing goes there. No, it hasn't literally. been there since before, like before March. No, and then there's been no real answer from them on no. how it moves forward. And hockey season, I think, is done now. So yeah, yeah. I mean, who they knows? were yeah about July. No, yeah, July or so. They were hitting me up all the time to resign. I'm like, yeah, but like you don't have any idea yeah, so when anything gonna keep is. paying for this. And not... so you want me to pay now for something you have no idea when it will ever start again. Mm-hmm. So um, for people like that, for the BB&T Center, for you know, all those concerts and everything else, like, man, it, their their business is decimated. Like, it's like, I don't even know how they're keeping going. I mean, again, because they're not getting TV money, they're not getting the advertising nothing. dollars. Yeah, so I don't, who knows? But it'd be nice to get back there. It but, would be very nice. Because I don't want to have to, I hate fucking Zoom. Oh, no, I hate, we oh. hate, oh, Zoom's the worst. And then imagine watching a concert. Is that the way I'm going to have to see Ozzy before he dies? Is on fucking Zoom? <laughs> Yeah, this fucking house. <laughs> yeah, this uh, is like, better be damn a really good deal. I better get to watch him die for that. <laughs> In all honesty, like, how can they charge you? You may as well watch an Ozzy, you know, old video on, yeah, that, on YouTube. The thing. There's, there's no really... interact. There's nothing live. This is going to start to combat the OnlyFans premium content. You think so? What okay. kind? Uh, why do you know? About, about, why do you know about this, Ryan? Uh, I read. I did the research. Oh, you did the research. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so uh, who knows what they're going to show on there? Maybe it'll be content Ryan will like, which is like with toes, X, X, a lot of X's. Reading, reading, reading. You're going to do reading on there. Okay, all right. Um, so who knows what's going to be on this uh, this you know Zoom event with paid admission? I mean, I guess it could be weird stuff, Ryan. You might like, um, but I, I'm assuming that what they mean is like concerts and shit like that. Yeah, I'm mean, assuming that because they're talking about admission and but i don't know man is that like you said you just i just pull something up on youtube and watch it then yeah what's the, point, what's the difference hey let's we're gonna have a date night and go watch we're all gonna go see uh tool perform yeah here we are yep in your house watching tool on your computer screen yeah that means nothing to me no nah, it's, it's pointless it's yeah. nothing you could literally pull up a better concert on on youtube yeah well, one of the better ones they've had so yeah be like, hey, best Man. concert and yeah watch lollapalooza in 2000 i mean uh, 1991 and there you go you get to see manor james keenan in all his splendor when he was a young man so now it's, it's available to oh the the only fans biggest fan can you john can oh you show john, john show yourself show the people you don't think they're all naked on there, Johnny? I'm pretty sure. Go back to that tennis player. Something looked a little suspicious about that pose. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like. He's a professional tennis player. Yeah, and she gets naked for money, right? If she, you're telling me she has nothing new, no nudity, no butt shots, nothing. So what are people paying for to watch her? Why would you? Yeah, why you're learning tennis tricks from her? For no way. Like ping pong ball tricks. I don't believe it. If you're a fan of her, then you'll go watch her teacher because you can talk to her. Oh lord. He's trying hard. I just told you was gonna go. You did, and I actually do believe you, but I don't think that tennis girl is is doing that. I don't think so. Okay. I don't believe it. Uh, I mean, you could be right, but I think it's probably unlikely. I saw her, like, the whole thing there. Right? <laughs> you too, right? Uh, she's like, follow my OnlyFans. I'll show you what I can do at the tennis. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I'm going to one-up the fucking ping-pong ball trick. Yeah. I mean, these all these girls saw that one she's Disney like, girl show. Them. The actress who made a million dollars a day. And they're all like, that's what jumped people off on this. To bring like, you guys back to the Zoom thing, though, we are talking about people that this was their high school prom. They had dance this way due to COVID. Ass to ass? Yeah, because the breathing. This is the way you sleep when you you get stuck in a hotel room with another dude. This is 2020 from. You either go north south or you go butt to butt. Like, (laughs) well, you can't get pregnant this way. I'm like, what? So maybe soon it's normal for them. You think any of the guys get handsy and they start, you know, trying to see what happens? I mean, it's the weirdest reach around ever. (laughs) I can't believe they're all doing it. Do they run into a? Do they run into each other? I would purposely run into everyone. Social distance. But this is asinine. Oh my god! Somebody's laughing somewhere for causing this ruckus. That's not real. It's hundred percent real. Wow. That's crazy. I'm gonna make people do that. Can you send me that one so I can post that? Because that that. So we're gonna we're gonna do that at the holiday party. We're gonna force if you dance with your significant other, you gotta dance backwards. Yep. Holding me accountable. OnlyFans is my new personal trainer holding me accountable to stay on track with my fitness and diet. Caught slacking. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Because he's posting naked pictures of himself, so he's got to be in shape. That's what it means, Johnny. Why, why would OnlyFans be a personal trainer keeping him accountable? Because he needs to look good naked, right? I'll show you. <laughs> Johnny, you follow, Johnny you follow him? No, no, no. Yeah, Johnny does. pays he's for his content. Good. Johnny, what are you trying, bro? What are you getting into, dude? I'm trying to tell you that it's going to go viral by media. Like, not only so what are they doing their IPO so I can invest, Johnny? You can. I can get you in contact. Get me in contact with them, please, Johnny. Oh, you're lead investor. Told you. He's you're right. the whole road show. <laughs> Johnny, hook me up, man. Come on. We've don't don't, don't hold out, bro. Don't hold out. <laughs> All right. All right. So I think I think that's enough of the news. Eric, did you have any other news stories you want to Not after that. I'm good. <laughs> the, the big news story, the biggest news story for Redcon 1 is that James Hollinshead, our big superstar elite athlete, proves uh, you know that he is the man because he does his mm-hmm. pro debut, which very few people, by the way, oh, no, it's not his pro debut, excuse me. It's pro debut for the year. For the year. Uh, for the year. His first show of the year. And he shows that he took his time seriously during COVID, which is a very difficult time doing. Look, he's doing the juggernaut pose after he won. Uh, doing Luke's pose to honor Luke. He had uh, Luke's shirt with him. It was a very emotional moment. And he did a, he did a fantastic job and did us proud here at Redcon 1. We were very excited uh, about him competing. I watched the live stream uh, when he was competing to see how he was going to do. And I felt, after watching, I felt very confident that uh, not only was he in the best condition of anyone, but he was by far the biggest. 
Yeah, and it's nice to see him step out of a support role for someone else and actually focus on his own oh, yeah. career. Oh, yeah. You know, because he had the potential always. He just was always overdieted. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I mean, you and I had talked about him forever ago. And, well, I remember when he came here with Luke the first yeah. time, and we saw him. I'm like, holy shit! He's like, his legs are bigger than Luke. His legs like, are massive. Like Jesus, he's like, because I, I expected Luke, Luke is huge or was the huge, and um, and I assumed that he was way bigger than James. But then when they were working out, I'm watching him like, James is like bigger than Luke. Yeah, James a freak. Yeah, just he always huge. played a support role. Yeah, he was the yeah he, yeah 100. percent He was the buddy, the buddy mm-hmm. role, you know, and. Hey, um, buddy. Yeah, and he's but but the big thing is that he since March or April he is really like focused on being not the buddy role but being being the, the, the guy being yeah. being Mr. Olympia you know and he changed his his personal belief from thinking like hey I'm gonna be a good pro one day to being like I'm gonna be a good pro right now I'm gonna I'm gonna do well at the Olympia and then I'm gonna be uh, a Mr. Olympia one day yep. and so. that's a big mental change it's tough to go from from thinking you're just trying to be a pro and get there to like this no it's a huge mental shift it's you know where you really are believing in yourself and saying hey I, i've got what it takes so yeah. yeah and uh and he proves it right here so yeah. uh guys after the commercial break we're coming back with james hollinshead the winner of the europa pro the 2020 europa pro not to be confused with the europa shows that you know here in the usa this is in spain so can't wait for you guys to talk to james see what he has to say and to hear what drove him to become the uh, big champion? We'll be right back. My name is Ben Galloway. And I'm Matt Saraceno. We are the Tier Operator Management Team, and we invite you to join the Redcon One family. I joined the Tier Operator Program because I wanted to be part of something bigger than myself. Being a Tier Operator is phenomenal. You want to keep tearing up. You want to work for, yes, the best company in the fitness industry. Redcon One helped me reach my goal, which at the time I didn't even know was a goal. The products work. Like that's, I mean, it's what it is. And I want to help other people reach their fitness goals using these products. I love that it's like a big family. I really enjoy that we can get together at events like this. And it's like, even though we're thousands of miles apart, it's just like, we all know each other like we're neighbors. We're not just out here trying to make sales. We're out here trying to change lives. Apply to be a tier operator today.
That was the first time I ever seen that. Yeah, I didn't see that yet. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> damn cool. First time we got the it's, world premiere for us. Yeah, I know. Literally, we're most entranced. So like, that's the new oh, apparel. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't even seen some of the apparel. You know what? You know the company's getting big when we see a video for the first time on like this on the live show. It's know? like that. You meet a new employer. You're like, oh, okay. How you doing? Yeah, that was. I remember the first time at the old office when Eduardo and I were walking in and somebody walked out. And I was like, who the fuck is that? And he's like, he's like, oh, works for you. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, oh, we met Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so it's definitely, uh, things have progressed here. And along with that, we've gotten some fantastic athletes. And we're going to be having one of them on the show right now from uh, sunny England, right? Yes, it's so sunny. I think he's in a Speedo right now. <laughs> Getting some some raises. Beautiful weather. I know it's about to get really nice there. <laughs> yeah, it's, this time uh, of year is lovely. Yeah, so uh, I want to welcome on the show the Europa Pro, the NPC Europa Pro, which is interesting. We'll talk about that. Champion, one hell of a good guy, Redcon 1 superstar athlete, James Hollinshead. James, welcome to the show. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Nice. That was a nice introduction. It's nice to come in as the champ. <laughs> the champ yeah right that's right well it's the truth it's the truth so npc europa championship it's so for us here in the states and as you already know james the europa uh championship we've had uh you know several europa shows dallas europa of course there's the orlando europa for phoenix. a while there's yeah there's phoenix for a while there's a bunch of them and uh your, your europa is a whole different europa isn't it our europa is literally europe so it's like a whole nother continent so you know, Russia, uh, you know, Asia, um, and then obviously it ties into the UK as well. So it's massive. It's the other side of the world, basically. So many of the athletes that were competing this are actually from the other side of the planet. Um, so it's a real battle of half of the world um, that is not actually on the side that the US is on. So very, very big, big show. The one show that these guys could really do. Um, so it drew a lot of attention from obviously the finest athletes from this side of the globe. So uh, a very big deal to try and conquer this side of the, the uh, you know, the kingdom really. Um, and, it, and the truth of it, James, is that it, it probably wouldn't have been such a big show and such an important show if it weren't for everything going on in the world and COVID and everything else, because it really did force everybody on that side of the world. This is, if they want to compete, they want to trip to the Olympia, the way that they got to do it is by uh, placing the top three at this show. So this show, uh, could have been looked at as like a lower level show, but end up being stacked because everybody wants to compete. Everyone, yeah, yeah, it ended up becoming massive because of the whole um, system with the top three. So everyone was itching to get involved because there's three opportunities to get qualified for the Olympia. So no other show this year has presented that opportunity, um, and therefore that meant that people were coming from everywhere. Brazil, you know, Raf from Brazil, um, you know, people like Lucas Osvaldo, you know, previous Olympians coming into this show. Um, really hungry to get their spot. So um, it made it turn into probably one of the biggest lineups of the year so far as well. Um, very, very stacked show. So obviously going into that, you can tell I was, um, I had to make sure that I was not coming in um, anything better, uh, well, anything less than my best because I knew it was going to be, I knew it was going to be very stacked. We got a lot of questions for you. I have one, and I'll let Eric, he's got a bunch too. Questions about everything from your training to COVID, yeah. everything in between. But one thing that I that struck me is is like I knew how important obviously we've talked and I know how important the show is is for you and your series your video series has been very popular leading up to it and uh, a lot of the the hopes of of uh, a lot of your countrymen were heavily resting on you you know I mean there's a lot of lot of hype also where you would see it was interesting how I, we watched or I watched at least on Instagram 
people's commentary and their and their their hopes and who they thought was going to win shifted really dramatically to you. So you know, it went from a show that I'm sure you put pressure on yourself to a show that everybody, not us here at Redcon, but everybody, uh, we knew you were going to do good, but everybody started tagging you. I'm seeing everybody tag you. James Newland, James Newland, James Newland, James Newland. And then something happened out of the blue. Big Rami announces he's going to be competing in the show. So take me back to the moment that you found out Big Rami is competing in the show. Uh, how did you feel? What went through your mind? You know, take us back. I'll be honest. I I was so transparent in my prep and I was plastering pictures out there so that people could see exactly what I'm doing. I had no worries because I was like, I'm presenting everything out there so there's no guessing. So anyone that's seeing what I'm doing is going to understand exactly where I'm at. There's no edited pictures, no fake stuff. When Rami was present, uh, you know, um, told Dave's, well, I heard he was coming to the show. I, I had the attitude of, I'm going to put the pictures out still so he can look at me. I'm, I'm not going to look at him. He can look at me. And as good as a bigger name he is and as a great bodybuilder, you know, there comes a time when you have to start believing in yourself and there has to be a shift in the ranks. And I'm not saying that what I brought to this stage would have necessarily beaten Rami, but it wouldn't have helped me to think that he was um, impossible to beat. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to keep putting the pictures out, keep putting the updates, let it get into their heads, let it get into their psychology, you know, psyche, and, um, you know, play the mind games before the show as well because. I've seen people do that and I've seen them do it well. And I thought I'm not going to quit my approach just because someone who's very, very good is coming into the show. Um, so really to be fair, it didn't change a thing. If anything, it made me just put more content out, put more images out and play the game a little bit harder and just make sure that I'm looking really confident so that he can see it as well. <laughs> well, a lot of people said, and I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. And we talked about conspiracy theory, a lot of conspiracy theories on the show, but a lot of people were saying, well, maybe, Rami didn't even have COVID, that your pictures did psych him out. That he's like, so look, let's face facts. Big Rami is a fantastic bodybuilder, but he really hasn't been in the kind of shape that you were in at the show. And leading up in those pictures, if I'm Big Rami, I mean, you want to talk about stock dropping. If you come and beat him, you know, his stock takes plummets. And on yep. your end, you know, you have this huge, uh, incredible uptick. Uh, you, you already had a credible uptick, but if you were to beat Big Rami, all of a sudden now they're talking about you for you know, top five, top six, top three, you know, and, and, and yeah, the for, ground swells up. And good. for him, Big Rami's, uh, you know, past his prime. It, <clears throat> it, it, in your mind, was that ever a thought or like maybe Rami got psyched out by me doing this, you know, mind warfare with the pictures? In a, in a fantastical part of my mind, yeah. I feel like, um, you know, I'm not going to say that doesn't cross my mind because I know what bodybuilding can do to someone's, sure. um, you know, psyche. I know how it, the pressure's, and he's under more pressure than me. And I thought, you know what? That's the truth. So why am I going to fold? Like, you know, whether, whether it affects him or not, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I've got a lot more to gain than he has. Yeah. And he has a lot more to lose than I do. So I thought, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And, you know, if it does even make him itch a little, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was literally, that actually added to my fire. It actually added to the fuel. It's like, you know what? If there's another person that I can kind of um, make feel a certain way and, and it boosts me, then I will. Um, I'm not saying it did. He might not even give a damn. But in my mind, I was like, you know, I'm trying to be Muhammad Ali here. I'm trying to knock people out and I have to play the game. So I just continued to play the game and it was really fun. And then when he, <laughs> when he was actually out, when you found out he was out, James, were you, were you, was there a sense of relief or was it just like you didn't care and you just got moving forward? Oh, I was just like, no, I'm already on the, I'm, my, I'm well rooted into the tracks. 
you know, I'm on my my path. The plan with Patrick is in place. Nothing changes. Let's just keep going. And there's just one less man there to try and conquer. Um, and that was really it. It was there was no real focus on anyone else. Like for as much pictures as I was putting out, you might think I was probably looking at other people, but I really, really wasn't. I was just trying to create a lot of esteem going into the show and playing the um you know, using social media for what it's good for. And it, it, it paid off. So I don't know. I just took a gamble and um tried to do well, I was kind of do you know what it was? I was kind of actually mesmerized by how well Hunter delivered earlier in the year and how he was so open about his prep showing it. I saw people saying, oh, you know, you keep showing things every day, then it's not going to be a surprise come stage. But if you're showing something every day that's on point and on track, then that's going to play with your you know, fellow competitors' minds, and it's going to, you're not losing anything. It's bodybuilding. You're still going to get judged the same on the day. Just because you've shown pictures before the show doesn't mean the judges are suddenly going to think you're, you're not a good physique. And um, that was basically what I just told myself, just keep doing what you're doing. It made me feel better because I could see the changes because I was posting them daily. And then I could revise. I was looking at them like, wow, I'm actually getting better daily. So why not? You know, why not look at my own images and actually feel somewhat elevated by the the changes that we've managed to make? Yeah, I think there's something to that that you actually put it out there. It holds you accountable as well. It does. It does. Your fellow countryman is the one who set the tone on uh, not not taking the Ferrari out of the garage with Dorian and just you know the whole nickname of the shadow and stepping out from the shadows on stage, kill everybody, walk away. But yeah, I think in this day and age, you can't really get away with that. Um, people are too, people want content, people yeah. want to see, and to your point, it you know, puts you out there. Um, my questions are all sexual in nature, so I apologize. Um, you know, they're just a little out there, but no. Well, so for you, I mean, obviously the last, last time I saw you compete, you looked like you came in a little maybe over-dieted, obviously yeah. conditioning, but over-dieted. So what was your biggest, what was the biggest change this year for you, especially everything that's gone on? I mean, obviously, you brought it. So, what was what changed? Um, obviously, I, I started working with Patrick Tor um, in April, and the one thing we did is we took me from being in a. I was actually already dieting for shows for the year, and we decided to fill me back up, get me back up to a good off-season weight, and bring me back down. So that what he could do was basically just control the tempo of which I come down because I always come down too fast. Um, so he got me up to a, a, a nice heavy weight. I think I got to about 302 pounds. And we kept me there and fed me so that my body got used to that amount of food. And it meant that when I decided to start dieting, that my body was able to diet on more food. And with that meant that I didn't have to bring the food so low coming into this show as I normally would. So really, I was on a higher calorie diet throughout the whole prep than I ever had been before, which allowed me to train harder. There was more emphasis on on training than cardio, so therefore the output of you know calorie output was more in the gym rather than on the treadmill. So basically, calories were just being used in a correct way. They were used to lift weights, which ultimately is going to burn more fat than cardio alone. So really, it was just a shift of ratios in how much cardio you're doing versus how much weight training versus you know how much eating. And the ratios of Patrick were just something that we monitored very very often. You know, there's many days where he was like, no cardio today. Um, or and then it would be, you know, maybe double cardio the next day. But it wasn't set. Nothing was set like with other coaches where they're like, okay, we're going to do this for five weeks. Like Patrick literally is a day-to-day person. We'd, we'd talk every single day, every morning, um, send pictures every morning from as far as 10 weeks out. Um, and then we'd make a decision from there. I'd send pictures again in the evening after training. We'd make a decision from there. 
it was the intricacies and it was the attention to detail and the I suppose um like basically just I can't say enough about Patrick how passionate he is as a coach wanting to see me fulfill what he could see as a possible potential so it was just how acute you know the changes were and how on point without you know letting things just run too far and then making changes it was literally a daily daily process and as and it was you know it was hard work because when you're having to do posing daily twice a day and send pictures twice a day it does become a chore but you know that's when it comes down to do you really want to win the show or do you want to just look good and you know i set myself a goal back in april that the next show i do i'll win um and you know we're here now and and it came to be because of that dedication so no you you definitely you look amazing and i think you kind of uh not kind of there's a tradition it seems like with british bodybuilders that you guys come in shape I mean, I used to talk to Luke about it all the time. And, yeah. you know, whether it's from Dorian, JD, Dawadu, Dazball, you name it, like yourself, Luke, strongman like Gary Taylor. I mean, Gary Taylor looked like a pro bodybuilder and strongman. Yeah. Um, what, what, what is it, do you think? Is it just kind of more, not a lot of distractions, more able to focus on training? Again, not to generalize things, but, you know, Hardcore British bodybuilding is a pretty. You guys are some grainy fuckers. I think it's the. I think it's the training. It's how we train. I think we just make sure. I don't know. I, I just think that we we place a real emphasis on and pride actually on the intensity factor. We're not in the gym really to chat. Um, you know, it's not very leisurely. It is very brutal, and we lift a lot of weight. Like if you noticed me up to this show, I was still like, I think three four weeks out, still deadlifting like. Uh, seven over 705 pounds for reps i wasn't like i was really not taking i was taking no chances of losing any density i said to myself you know if you've got it in your fucking tank use it don't don't waste it make sure that you you go in the gym and really really crank it out because at the end of the day if you're lifting really heavy weights like i say it's really gonna burn the calories but at the same time it's gonna slam and keep that density on you so i think it's just that we'd stay strong throughout the prep we just make sure we don't get weak and don't think, oh, just because I'm getting close to the show, let's do high reps or pumpy stuff. Like, you've just got to lift like you really mean it and like you really want it. Um, and don't be afraid of the exercises that are hard. You know, you see a lot of people, they train, and once they get close to the show, they start shifting everything onto machines um, just because it means you can sit down or rest on on some certain apparatus. But when realistically, you should be picking up dumbbells and bending over and rowing them or doing barbell rows or deadlifts, all the stuff that you're too tired to do, you should be doing. Um, and that's the stuff that's going to keep you looking good because that's the stuff you did in the off season to build the tissue that you're trying to present on stage. So basically training should look the same, if not harder and more intense as you get closer to a show. Um, condition is, is purely down to stressed muscle being worked hard because, you know, you can have the same body fat as the next man, but if he hasn't stressed his muscle with the loads you have, it won't have the graininess. It won't have the detail and it won't have the, those, those little fibers that you can kind of see like in my back shots, like when I turn around and I move my, you know, body around there's some details that people don't have and that wouldn't be there if i wasn't picking up the weights i do i, I guarantee it it's, it's, it's to do with the amount of stress that's been placed on and that's why dorian had such a fibrous looking physique you know people say it's genetic but i know everybody was like ian valier and guys like that who are very strong and have the same traits in their physique and that's not coincidence it's because they lift heavy and hard yeah so um you know you you mentioned april you made a commitment to yourself april to uh to win your next show um why april and uh because april is obviously a, a, was a super tough month for people you know usually not a 
you know, COVID is just really starting to take over the country. I know UK was already really strong in terms of the the reaction over there by April. It was here too. Um, why? How did that? Because obviously, you don't know if shows are going to happen. You don't know what's you know. There's a lot of uncertainty. How did you make that decision at that point? It was a, it was a funny one. It was the way it was. It was more that I knew that I started with Patrick as an off season, so I knew that now this is time. Like this is the coach. I also had the gym to myself because everything was locked down and I obviously have access to the gym even though it was shut. So I'm like, I'm not going to waste this period of time. I'm going to train in an empty gym, you know, away from everybody in basically my own little dungeon and and put it to good use. So I basically trained through through um, our gym being closed on my own because I had the access and didn't waste a day. I just decided to use that time. But it has that access? Yeah, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. James, it's almost like you uh, you uh, were really able to create a, a monastic lifestyle for yourself because COVID doesn't allow you to do anything really fun and there's nobody in the gym to mess around with and you really can't go do anything with anybody anyway. So it's like that, I hate to say it because obviously a lot of people didn't do this, but it seemed like COVID helped you. It did, it did, because it meant that I could truly commit to one goal um, with no distraction. Um you know, because I love I love socializing, Luton. I love being around my friends and I love doing all the normal things and I've craved it and I've missed it. And this last week I've been able to do the stuff that I love and I've truly missed. Like I mean, I missed even going and have a cup of tea with friends. Like literally I sit there with a teapot like an old woman, drinking tea tea in a bloody like pub. Um and but I couldn't do those things then. So I thought, you know what, if I can't do them, let's just go all in. Let's just go one hundred percent in and utilize this time and really create something special because otherwise what else am I going to do in my life so basically yeah it did it just turned into the perfect environment for um this this year like if I didn't have that gym to myself like this I don't know if the results would have been the same you know so I guess the question the next question is you know and by the way that's the same thing basically Dorian did mm-hmm. I mean Jay was very lived a very basic life you know that's one of the reasons, you know, obviously close friends with Jay. One of the reasons Jay went kind of, not wild, but Jay went and it kind of had a fun time yeah. after. He yeah, 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 yeah. After you got over you. <laughs> he did nothing. He did nothing. He never, you know, he wasn't a drinker or a partier or, you know, girls or not zero. He just like did bodybuilding. That's it. Yeah. And then when he stopped, he got a chance to kind of live his life. The question is, you know, if he didn't do that, uh, same with Dorian, where would they be? So for you, will you recreate, you know, these kind of type of environments or do you think it's necessary for you to recreate? I mean, that's why a lot of guys go to Kuwait. We've been to Kuwait. Yeah, there's, Kuwait nothing to, there's nothing to do. You know, there's no the distractions that exist in real life don't really exist in Kuwait. And I think that's the, people go, what's the secret that everybody's taking in Kuwait? It's that they're not doing shit because there's nothing to do, you know? It's true. It's so true. It's so true. Well, it's funny because we're in a position right now in England where London's actually going back into lockdown tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, so give, me a, so give me a few weeks. I might actually have the gym to myself again, um, which would then create that same atmosphere again without me even to force it. But in all honesty, I think I've trained my brain throughout this prep to be able to create a certain, stim, you know, a, an environment that is more something that you kind of... Um, it's, it's, it's not necessary for it to be around you that way, but you can create it. It's like you can make a bubble. I think I've trained my brain to be able to do that because obviously prep did continue into the gym opening again. So I was still training through, um, you know, the last part of the prep with many people around and stuff. And I still managed to finish strong. So I think I just learned a lot maybe in that time about how to train and um, mindset. So, 
you know, everything I needed to learn probably has already occurred during that lockdown. Um, and therefore, I don't probably need it again. But if it does happen again, then you can guarantee that I'm going to be able to probably put another 10 pounds on. <laughs> How do people there reacting? So for, for us, um, you know, at least as of right now, until, unless the administration changes, there's, you know, there's no potential for us going back into a lockdown. It's been said many times by President Trump and everybody around, but it's not happening. Um, for you guys, how did, I guess, how did the people, your friends, people in the UK take it to have that lockdown? And when they talk about another lockdown, are people, will there be a revolt in the streets or are people going to just accept it and move on? Well, people are very angry, very angry, especially the gyms, because in a particular part of um, England, Liverpool, which is uh, where Nathan Dash is from, they, um, they're locking down gyms and everything already. And basically, they've been um, fining gyms for being open a thousand pound every hour. Wow. But they're open. So literally it's kicked in and there's a lot of there's petitions going on right now. Um, England won't take lightly to it. The people will revolt and they will get angry. And it will be interesting to see what happens um, because we've had enough of it. We're sick of it. We are sick of it because, again, like I'm, I don't know, like I'm not going to go too deep into it, but it just seems that re upon reflection of what is actual fact versus reality seems to be very off and Therefore, you know, most of the people just want to be able to continue business, survive, earn money, live a life. Um, I think it's going to be a tough time over here. I think it's going to be a tough time. I think um, for me, it won't be too bad because I'm on like the suburbs of London. I'm not like city centre. But for people that work in the city and stuff, it's definitely going to hit them harder because offices are closing and things like that. Um, this is actually why my missus, my um, Yannicka, my partner is in Norway at the minute because it, work over there is fine. So she's actually temporarily gone back home to um you know focus on her career there so that we don't have to worry about any risks of of things shutting here like offices and stuff so that's why we're in a position we're in um so yeah we're, we're trying to like kind of just in our own little bubble um adjust to suit whatever happens yeah yeah it's definitely i mean it's similar here in the sense that people are definitely tired of it and like it's enough is enough and uh initially i think when it all started I think people were genuinely pretty scared. I mean, uh, in, ge in general, here. it seemed like it. I mean, I mean you weren't, but uh, you, know, you weren't. But um, but I think people here seemed pretty scared. And then you know, because it, it also was really a doable thing. It was 15 days. Our our shtick here is a marketing thing. Uh, 15 days to to slow the spread, right? To to flatten the curve. And it was like it's like a marketing idea that, that uh, the you know they came up with the White House and politicians to make it seem more palatable and 15 days doesn't sound that bad you can do anything for 15 days yeah hell we've been doing this for half a year almost well that's when it gets crazy and then now if, they, if you would have said six months to stop the spread to slow the spread people would have like fuck you <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly exactly it's, it's all how it's been it's all how it's presented to you when it's drip drip fed like that it's like manageable um if they were to say how it's going to be literally in advance then i think there'd be even a stronger revolt because we've been drip fed here, you know, information comes out daily and it's, it intensifies slowly. So we don't really know where we're going. Um, but, you know, I, I have no real issues with it. I'm kind of like, as long as I can go food shopping, <laughs> then, then I'm a happy man. Because as long as I can buy my, uh, my meat and eggs, then I can continue doing what I'm doing. And as long as I can train and uh, focus on trying to improve, then I have a purpose. So um, I just feel sorry for people that's jobs are really affected by it. Because, like I say, I don't know if it's as serious as people are making out, but unfortunately, what is is and if lockdowns occur people will be having to um you know maybe even lose jobs and stuff which is terrible yeah 
So what was uh, food shopping or getting what you needed hindered at all? With like no, a- no, not at all. Not at all, fortunately. Uh, a bit of a pain in the ass, like having to wear masks and queue sometimes. So basically, I let a certain amount of people in like a supermarket at, at times of the day if it was busy. So you might find yourself queuing outside for 20 minutes or so, but I, I, I never really had to um, wait too long. You know, I don't mind. I kind of enjoy that time of the day where you go out and do some food shopping. Um, I, once I'm in the supermarket, I have a little stroll around and just take my time anyway. So it, it didn't really affect me at all, to be honest. And uh, it, it, if it does that again, it still won't affect me really because, you know, there's so many places to food shop living in the city that like nowhere gets too busy anyway. So it's it's not that bad. It's not like I live in the countryside and there's one store and, um, you know, if it's that one store like absolutely rammed with people, then you don't have to wait hours. Um, it's a little bit different, like say where my my mother used to live and my sister lives now in um, out in the country. Like there's there's not many shops. So I imagine for them, it's a lot more of a nuisance than for someone like me. So what, one of the things that we're, we're hoping doesn't affect you, and one thing we're going to do, whatever we got to do to make sure it doesn't affect you, is the Olympia is in December, and it's here in Las Vegas. Uh, and uh, first off, I, I guess I should even say, I did a little post on this. I should say that it's very, it's, it's thank God that the Olympia was bought from AMI uh, by Jake Wood, because if it was AMI, owned by AMI, uh, David Pecker, there's absolutely no way there'd be an Olympia this year. Oh, he would have shut it down. He would have found a way to save a lot right. of prize money. Like, oh yeah, no way, no way. He did. he would never do it because nope. it's it's almost impossible for them to break even, let alone make money. Yeah. Uh, and the event, and one of the things with uh, Pecker is obviously he is embroiled with controversy with the whole, uh, you know, uh, what is it called? What's his magazine called? Inquirer. Inquirer stuff. So he was really. It was like um, when I know when the whole thing happened with Sean Roden. One of their things for AMI was like they can't be involved in that kind of controversy. They didn't want to, he wanted to avoid any kind of controversy attaching it to Olympia, having anything. So the potential of having a person go there and get coronavirus at the Olympia, it's not, it would never have happened based on that. Just on the small chance that that would happen, um, let alone a large chance, if it was, you know, really bad at that time, he would have canceled it. We wouldn't be having an Olympia. So, uh, first off, Thank God we have a Jake Wood, who's actually a bodybuilding fan, who's not looking at the strictly the dollars and cents of it, or else I don't think we'd be talking about this at all. But uh, you're qualified. You're qualified, and I'm indeed the British. The British Pro. Are you? Did you decide to hold off and focus on the Olympia? Yeah, yeah. The British Pro won't happen now. It's just um, you know, with everything the bodybuilding entails, um, some of the things you have to do, like push yourself quite hard in those last few weeks. It's better now to take a step back to then get the step forward again um refresh the body a little bit and then um be able to focus on that last part um into like a bigger show that means more because as much as the british was going to mean something to me spain kind of delivered um exactly what i was hoping to get internally and physically so um you know i'll leave the british because i i'll leave the british because there's no point me doing something that if i made a small mistake that would cost me some of my uh Momentum. Yeah. yeah, like a momentum thing. So there is really no need because everyone that's going to be in the British would have been at this show anyway. So they've already been, you know, beaten. And that's just the way it is. I don't need to go and prove anything to them again, in my opinion. I no, feel like a totally. job done. Um, after the show, I, I mean, that's, you know, I never want to tell a bodybuilder like what he should do or, and, you know, I'm even hesitant to give advice. But that was the, uh, that was definitely uh, what I thought because it, ultimately there's, like you said about Rami, you know, what does he have to gain? What does he have to lose? In your situation here, you could you know, do the show. Even if you win, it could cost you placings at the Olympia because now you're yourself really hard. You don't want to go in there now, and you have to go in now. 
Yeah, if that's the thing, if I did the British, it's like it's, it's you either win or you you fail because if you fail, and it, it's going to take away from that credibility. Like you say, you've just you've just given yourself a massive boost in stock. Why put it on the line right now for that? Whereas when you go to the Olympia, the expectancy is, you know, this is your first Olympia. Let's just let's see how good we can do. Everything that you do there will be a win. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Olympia, what's the plan? Uh, what's your like? So if if London shuts back down, the UK shuts back down. How are, you, how are we going to get you over here? We got to smuggle, smuggle you out of there or something? It's a really difficult one. I'm not actually sure because, so I'm currently like in discussion with IFBB directly because um, they asked me to like kind of email them and um, have some talks. So there's, there's, I have to wait a few days to see basically what they say back. But there was whispers that, there was whispers that if like the UK can't get to um, the US, that there's a possibility that the qualifications at the end of this year from shows could be carried over. Um, so worst case scenario, if we're literally stuck here and can't do and can't come, that the qualification could carry over to 2021, which, you know, one way or the other, whether it's that or not, as long as I can get to an Olympia at some point, then I'm going to be a happy man. But I won't know more right now for a few more days because the UK literally is one place which is on the you're not allowed to enter list. And it's really difficult, um, which is quite stressful for me, if I'm honest, because obviously I've just won a show. And, you know, the, you've won a show to get to the Olympia. So um, it's not like I'm a Canadian who can just literally just come over when it's time or that I'm from a, an area that is actually allowed to enter. It's because I think this is what people don't really understand because I get a lot of posts on my, um, you know, Instagram. They're like, obviously, yeah, can't wait for the Olympia, can't wait for Olympia. But they don't realize I'm actually currently trying to discuss with IFBB how the hell am I getting there? Um, so... You know, it's just, I have to literally take the next few days and just try and figure out what's what. Um, I think worst case scenario, like I say, then because this show was at the end of the year, there was uh, talks of qualification being carried over, which would mean then I have, um, I would have to go into off season and then go back into prep for the Olympia that's coming thereafter. It's, it's, it's not a normal situation this year. It's really quite a headache because, you know, this has never happened before. And no one normally has to face this this winner show and then oh you might not be able to come in so i don't really know until once i've had more information from my fbb directly um the one thing is uk residents can travel abroad period right you can leave the country to go somewhere else i mean this is something that i've heard people are doing leaving um, yeah you have to quarantine when you come back though yeah yeah so spending some time somewhere else uh spending that two week period uh, testing and then flying in America, quarantining here and then going. I mean, that sounds like a very difficult path. It's very difficult, very difficult because the problem is, is these weeks that get subtracted from preps affect the prep and you can't go into a show without it being hundred percent prep. And, and that, you know, if you have four weeks that have been totally messed up from this whole traveling thing and you're going into the biggest show on the planet and you've had four weeks of not being able to train and eat like a bodybuilder, you're not going to do what you wanted to do and you're not going to deliver what you're going to deliver. And, you know, that is something that wouldn't sit right with me if that happens. So if I, you know, I'm home now and I technically, you know, I'm, I'm at home for however long now. And then I'm kind of stuck at the minute as well. And then I've got to be stuck again. So I'm literally just trying to rack my brains around how we approach this because <laughs> it's just, it's just not straightforward. You know, it's no. not, it's really not simple, but if you get to Boca, you can you can quarantine at the gym upstairs in a bed, the bed upstairs, and then you come down. The sleeping pod. You come down at the middle of the night, 
to train when everybody's gone. And, uh, and there you go. You're back. That's my, that, if that's not a monastic lifestyle. I don't know what it isn't. Just stay up there and wait. When everybody leaves, you come down and train. Is it train at two in the morning? What's that? Two train, the morning. Tra- just train at two. In, yeah, train at two in the morning when everyone's gone. You and Rudy playing death metal. Yeah, Rudy won't be awake at that time, surely. No, be <laughs> eating McDonald's. So yeah, I, I'm literally. I, I'll know more. I will know more in the next few days because they've literally emailed me back, giving me this like kind of reply saying um, we're going to basically put together some sort of uh, contingency plan um of how we might be able to do this so I'd, i'll see I, I don't know the details because it's very limited on what they've said but um once i know more obviously then me and patrick can kind of put a plan together because this week's kind of like a rest anyway um you know uh haven't trained yet or anything and just letting the body kind of recover a bit from the show and uh catching up with like family and just those kind of things you know all the regular stuff um but nothing too nothing too crazy this week not eating like a a, a pig We've got the old MRE bar going in, but luckily the macros are good, so that's not too bad. Um, yeah, so it's just a it's just a little bit of a waiting game now, probably for a few more days, and then I'll know exact. Um, I wish I knew more, and I wish I could say more right now because it's quite frustrating not to be able to just say, "Here's the plan." But you know, this is a a funny time, and it isn't a normal year. But it's all part of the process, really, isn't it? Trying to um, kind of adjust to things as they come. Yeah, I mean, speaking of that, like adjusting to things as they come, obviously. You know, one topic is is kind of the change in prep and training with, you know, you always train with Luke and then no longer, unfortunately, Luke's no longer with us. So how did that change your mindset going into training? I know I saw in the videos, there's other people you train with, but obviously there was someone who was an equal competitor and pushing. Yeah, yeah. How was it different? Uh, so, so different. So different. Like, you know, this, this year really was, for me, this is the year where Luke got his first win. It was where we were aiming... The whole point of this year was Luke to get his first win, you know, and it was always expected before me. Luke was, in my eyes, the superior bodybuilder and the man that, you know, I looked up to Luke a lot and I just wanted to be his training partner and see him get to that first win. That was everything. That was all we give a damn about. And obviously he was planning to do the British. I was planning to be by his side and just to make sure that he can consolidate that win and reach his potential. Um, so obviously after after everything happened, it's just like, a part of me would like emotionally felt a massive need to continue the, the path, the story that we started. Um, and, and internally it felt like it was still a joint effort. Like I just felt this massive desire to say, Luke, like, let's keep going, you know, as far as we've come, let's finish this. So that's why, like, I had so much fire in my belly this year to get this, this show done because I knew that I had to finish, um, one of my best friends, you know, legacies and, and dreams, like everything was about the next show and the next show never came because of COVID and because of obviously the tragedy. So I just took it and rolled with it and just said, Luke, we're going to get this done, mate. I'm going to take you with me. Let's just, let's just go and finish this shit and make sure that the world knows how, how great you are. Um, Cause this show was not me. I wasn't like carrying myself. Every time I was in the gym and I felt tired, it was just like, all I had to do was think for a second about what would Luke say, what would Luke do. Um, it, it wasn't hard for me because I had Luke in my ear. He was just there. There was just something telling me, keep going, mate, keep going, mate. And um, it just had to be done. There was no other option. No other – If I had to win for Luke. I had to win for Luke. Yeah. It was a, a touching tribute you did at the end with the T-shirt and getting in his uh, juggernaut pose. It was very, uh, very touching. I'm sure uh, – 
you know, uh, Luke's looking down, smiling at that one. So. Yeah, he definitely is. Like, I feel it. I feel he is. I know he is. Like, I got, I got his picture just there, like, uh, on my wall, actually. And, you know, there was a few days before the show, and I'm looking at him. It's weird. I'm looking at him, and I look like his face is, like, put in a slightly different expression than it was beforehand. Almost like a, a little smirk to say, you're, you're looking shit hot, Jay. You're like, you're going to get this. And I sat there, and I, I spoke to it. I spoke to the picture, and I said, I'm going to fucking win this. I'm going to fucking win this. And, and the picture looks like it's giving me a little nod. I was just like, damn thing, damn, damn right we're getting the win. So, um, I don't know. I just felt, I felt ultimately confident for some reason, whether it's because he literally is here floating around still and, you know, making sure things are getting done or it's just because in a, a piece of him's in my heart. I don't know, but you know, I couldn't have done it without the, the, the love that I have for that guy. Yeah. So, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask, you know, let's assume everything goes the way that we hope and you make it to the Olympia and, and everything works out. You're there in December. Uh, I always find it interesting to ask, you know, when it's it's your first Olympia, obviously, and I know there's an impulse to be humble and say, oh, I'm just happy to be there, and 16th would be great. Um, what what, uh, what do you, what's your ex, your personal expectation? If you go there, whether it's this year or 2021, where will, where will you need a place to make you feel happy, and uh, where's your goal? Well, uh, I'm honest, so what I would do is I'd look at who's qualified for the lineup, yeah, and I'll, I'll know who I can beat and who I can't. And I think I could probably better land about eighth. That would be great. Yeah, like that's that's just the truth. I know who I can beat and who I probably can't right now. Um, and and that's just like just me being subjective. Like there's there's bodybuilders that have qualified this year that I know that what I bought to Spain is better than. And then there's some bodybuilders that are really qualified that I'm not as good as. Um, so, you know, eighth, I reckon around about that eight, eighth place mark would be where my body would land. If I brought what I brought to Spain um, and everyone else has brought what they've done at their show so far this year, I'm in eighth place. Um, and that's my opinion because I think certain shots, you know, I think I dominate from like the back and side um, for many people. I don't think many people are as complete from the back as I am. And um, the condition I kind of get in could still be 5% better. And even at the condition in Spain still made other people look quite young, muscled. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously glad that how it went at the Europa show, but mm. I, would, I would have loved to have seen you up there with uh, Big Rami because... I, I would have as well. I would have loved to have seen if I could have um, made him have, exposed him maybe perhaps in some ways or another. Yeah, well, Ryan Ryan mentioned me at the gym. He's like, so when we do Big Rami, he's, he's like, will Big Rami make him, James, look small? And I was like, I don't think so. I was like, I'd love to see it. I don't think so. I think he'd make me, I think he'd make me look smaller than him because <laughs> he's massive but but i think what's within the silhouette wouldn't beat me like what's within his silhouette um because what people don't get as well is like what does rami weigh on stage what is he like 275 who knows we're not we're not yeah, no. yeah so, so he'll tell you 300 but who knows so I, I was 265 on stage so i'm not a little boy you know what i mean i'm, I'm 10 pounds heavier than dorian like like yeah. and dorian's a freak like don't get me wrong, Dorian was harder than I've ever been in my life, nails-wise. But I'm just trying to – what I'm trying to say is that I'm a 265 guy in good shape at 5'11". It's not a small man. So I don't think – I don't think I would, like, disappear, put no. it that way. Um, I'm not going to say um, I would make anyone like Rami look small ever because it's just not the case. But I certainly don't think, like, that shot, for example, side price it there would look bad next to Rami. No, no, yeah. No, either. It'll be look. 
I'm, I'm hoping we see it in 2020. You know, I don't know if he's qualified. I'm not even sure he can. I don't think he's qualified it. yet. He's not qualified yet. He's not qualified yet. I think Regan's actually at the top of the point system. So he needs to do the British then. So Rami would need to do the British, otherwise he's not going. Wow. So, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, Johnny brought up he could get a special invite. I suppose that's possible. It would be weird. It would be kind of weird to do because uh, they've done special invites before. They did one for Cedric, of course, because he was in the military. Mm -hmm. Couldn't he couldn't compete. That was un that was unusual and kind of controversial, actually. Um, and then obviously Kevin Lavroni, yeah. and like it's Kevin Lavroni. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit different when it's like Kevin. That's like really cool. Um, yeah. But the, if, if if Rami was to get an invite, I'd feel like that's a bit disrespectful um, because he hasn't earned his place. No, that's I, my, that's, I, my, that's my that's my opinion because he got third at the Arnold and. You know, we was obviously there, and as good as he was, it wasn't a package that was going to win the Olympia. No, and I think I think you're right. I, that's why I don't think they'll do it. Is I think mm. for a special invite it needs to be special circumstances, and I think yeah, you know, uh, assuming that he would have won the show, but he got COVID or got you know that that is not. A, I don't think that's. But you never know. It is it is an unusual year, so stranger things have happened. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. Although normally I think that it's not a. They don't throw those. I mean, they give Lou Fregno one. Um, oh, for 92? Yeah, they give him one. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I believe they gave Flex Wheeler one. Flex Wheeler one. The classic, yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, we did the classic that time. Yeah. It's a pretty select list. Yeah, so. no, it's a... You've got, you've got to need to be like a Hall of Famer, haven't you? Come on. Yeah. You know, you know like, you've got, to, you've got to have done a few years and, like, really created a, a very good pool and um, fan base for the IFBB, like... I don't know, like le legendary status is a totally different thing. Yeah, they would give Kai one. They offered several times to give Kai one. He could. I'm not surprised with Kai. I'm not surprised with Kai. To be fair, like, yeah. I kind of get. I kind of get that. Yeah, like James said, if you can drive, if you can drive ticket sales, serious ticket sales, they're going to consider. Oh hell yeah! And I don't think yeah. as, as much as Rami is a big star, I don't think he really he's comparable to uh, uh, Kai Green. No, nobody's going there just to see him. Yeah, Where if you Kai gonna... came out of retirement to do the Olympia. You would have a thousand extra tickets sold. Yep. You know, you'd have something, some major. And now that they're doing one thing that's really cool for the Olympia that I'm I'm really happy about is they're going to do a real production for the actual play-by-play uh, -play slash you know webcast. It's been a long time since they have spent any kind of money on making a pr professional production. We've seen some of the worst camera work uh, ever on Olympia webcast, and we've also seen some very spotty internet. Yeah. I know that Dan uh, is taking it super serious. Is actually make a production. Uh, out of it, which I'm I'm excited to see that. No, it needs to be. It's entertainment. Yeah, yeah. I think at the, at the pinnacle of the sport, like that's 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 absolutely necessary, isn't it? Because you want to show everyone in their best light. That's why, like, obviously, when this weekend I had Chris would be filming, which is the footage that we've got going on, the quality of that versus like you know some of the quality that was out there, the amount of people that have messaged and said, "Thank God you put this this content out because it's so clean." Um, and that's what people want to see. They want to see the physiques in their best light and actually how they look. So um, it definitely pays to have, you know, the best people doing the production side of things. Yeah. Well, the fans, the fans want to see it. And I mean, now with the the ease of uh, live production, I mean, we're doing it right now in here. And you know, the the amount of uh, the requirements, the financial requirements are so much less that you can easily spend i mean for a big live production you spend fifty thousand forty thousand bucks you could make it as good as anything you've ever seen of so course the reason for the olympia or any major event um to be where it's like i can't see what i'm i, I can't see any details pixelated it shouldn't just shouldn't be yeah no, there is no excuse now there is literally no excuse um like i say i've seen cameras now and stuff and equipment that 
it's you know quarter of the price of some of the older stuff and it's twice as good so yeah there, there is no reason for anything to look bad these days as long as you're good internet connection and um you know the best equipment and away you go yeah, 100%. You do with your iPhone at this point. Yeah. And you care. Honestly, yeah, like 10K. God, like you can literally uh, 4K on the phone. Yeah. You know? So, James, so, I, uh, I want to – is there anything else you want to say, James, before we let you go? Anything uh, – anything, any announcements on your end? Anything you want to report? Uh, there's nothing really to report, really. Just uh, obviously just the regular thank yous to you guys as well just because obviously this is my – this is actually my first show, obviously, as a Redcon athlete. So, to get my first show as a Redcon athlete would be a win. It was uh, – <laughs> It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a nice feeling. So uh, there's a lot to be said about, um, you know, your support network and your results. So obviously there's many things that go into this, obviously coach, friends, but, you know, sponsors and stuff are a massive part of it as well. Quality of product is a part of it because obviously I am a supplement junkie. Um, so there is, you know, there's many contributing factors and one of them is certainly being part of a, a great team that makes you feel welcome and makes you feel um supported makes you feel good makes you makes you feel like you're not just doing it for yourself but you're doing it for others as well so i have to say thank you to all of you guys for doing that and giving me the opportunity because obviously this um it's still a nice it's still a young opportunity it's still something that we only started together in january and uh you know already by um what is it october now we managed to get our first pro win so i think there'll be many more and um it's a great i don't know it's just a great start so i just want to say thank you really yes of course of course our pleasure and you know, we're really, like I told you, you know, we're proud of you. Uh, we're excited to have you on the team. Everybody in here loves you. All of our bodybuilding fans at Redcon 1, certainly uh, you have been named uh, our yeah. favorite bodybuilder. Over here. There, there is a large number of people in the office who are Big in, in your in your camp as your biggest fans. And I think <laughs> do the Foo Boys again in some capacity. Yeah, I have to say thank you as well for the, uh, the Shedcom 1 t-shirts because, you know, they, uh, they look like they sold out pretty quick. They did. They sold out fast. Are they back in stock right now, guys? Are they back? They're, we're, this is, we reprinted again. Yeah, with it. And they're going out again. But yeah, I, right now, I'm seeing there's yeah. some on there right yeah, now. Yeah, there's some sizes oh, available God, right now. That's cool. So, um, yeah, so, the, so also, so if any of the UK guys watch, I know Rudy did say there's stock coming to the UK as well. So yeah. just, just don't worry, guys. There is stock coming to the UK. You will be able to get a Shedcom 1 t shirt. And if you do come to King's Gym, yes, I will sign it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, so much for being on the show, James. It is a, a real honor to have you on the show and to have you on the team. No, thank you so much. Appreciate it, guys. And I um I hope you have a very nice rest of the day and thanks. appreciate your time. All right. Thanks, James. Bye, James. Thanks, guys. You take care. See you later, guys. Thank you. Well, that's right, Eric. That's uh that's another one in the books. Episode 22. 22 in the books. Uh and uh we got some uh, vodka to drink and some video games to play. Huh? A little video game. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for watching, and we'll be back next week. We have an, a few guests kind of like percolating. We're making decisions for next week. Uh, who's a percolating? I like that. I like that word. So they're doing right now. They're all together kind of mixing. We're going to pick one out. So Folgers of uh, guests. Yes. So uh, we'll let you know later this uh, this week. And if you, are, uh, if you have not yet went back through our catalog of guests, you know, James's interview just now is very topical. I mean, it just, that's just happened. But we have a lot of great guests that you haven't seen or watched, listened to a lot of the shows on iTunes as you're doing cardio or whatever, driving to, to work or whatever. And there's a lot of guests that aren't as topical that you can get some value and some entertainment out of too. So make sure you go back and check all of the past shows, all 21 past, 21 shows, press, yeah. past shows. So thank you for tuning in, guys. Until next week, see you later.